Hello everybody, welcome to Crypt Chat, your weekly podcast for everything disability. Today I have with me Jonathan Char, Hello. EBD, myself David D, and a special guest, Richard Woodbrick, chairman of the National Inclusive Transport Advocacy Network. Thank you very much for that, David. Welcome Richard, how are you? Good, thanks, thanks for having me. Tell us a bit about yourself and why you are interested in inclusive transport. I live in Tasmania after living in Melbourne for about 20-so years. Came back just before COVID. I'm interested in transport because professionally I'm a urban planner. I've always had an interest in transport and recently into inclusive transport because I think public transport plays a significant role for all people in being active within the community. Have you got a disability yourself? Yes, I do. I have uh, two prosthetic limbs above the knee from birth. So, um, A person that is in a role of something for disability, if they have the disability usually, is a better fit and know where people with disability come from. Yeah, we, um, we do fight for equality and better access for everybody and public transport is a significant part of that and the barriers that we face. How does it feel when you hear about stories of uh, disabilities being disadvantaged with the inaccessible transport option? Sometimes it's really heartbreaking hearing some of those stories, like people being left on platforms, not being able to catch the trains, having inaccessible bus stops so can't catch public transport. It's very isolating. People want to engage and be part of the community that disadvantages people from gaining you know, meaningful employment and being socially active. So it's uh, really disappointing to hear some of those stories and the hardships people have to go through to just plan a journey. Yeah, uh, yeah. look, I understand the struggles, you know, being a phys- person with physical disability myself. Uh, often when there's inaccessible transport around, it makes it difficult for, you know, me to travel and it ruins my day. It, it does. It. Yeah. And it's a whole of journey approach as well that we look at. So from leaving your front door to the end of journey to your destination. So um, that's a significant part of the transport options and the barriers we face. So like even to a crack footpath can disrupt somebody catching public transport. Also, there's a part of catching transport is, is the actual technology to see what time buses are coming or trains or being able to coordinate your way through. Some people have a disability where they can't see it or on one of or can't hear it. Yeah, I agree. And the information provision um, varies from state to state. I live in Tasmania and sometimes there's bus timetables on the bus stop. Sometimes there isn't. Yes, you can call ahead to see when the bus is coming, but there's no real-time information either. So if the bus breaks down, we don't know. So you could be left stranded at bus stops as well. Yeah, so there's a whole range of issues there, like the voice activated, like when the next bus is coming, which is available in some states but not all. Victoria on the train networks, for example, you can press the button and say next train is coming in on platform one in, say, five minutes. That doesn't happen in Tasmania, for argument's sake. So there's a whole range of different issues. And I suppose with NITAN, there was um, recently we provided a submission into the modernisation of the transport disability standards, accessible transport public transport. There's always that research you got to do, you know, when you want to go out and 
Have a good time, I guess. Catch all those uh, bloody transports out there. Yeah. So, look, uh, you're the chair of Neaton. Yeah. So, can you outline the work that you do at the National Inclusive Transport Advocacy Network? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we're the national voice for people with disability advocating for accessible public transport. We're looking for to have influence in the design of public transport, so having a voice at the table. Part of that's also providing submissions to government as outlined just then in terms of uh, the modernisation of the VSAP standards, of which is still yet to land. So that was a review of some of the issues we just mentioned, like information provision, platforms, tram stops, bus stops, those type of things. Um, there are some issues there. Um, we've also done a submission into, people might be aware, the City of Ryde, they lodged for an exemption with the Australian Human Rights Commission regarding bus stops because they realised that they were going to, not all their bus stops would make the standard by the end of last year um, and the Human Rights Commission actually refused that application. So that was a, a significant win, if you like, for people with disability because it shows they need to meet those standards. You just can't ignore them and hope they go away. We are people in the community and an accessible bus stop isn't just a benefit for people with disability, probably benefits the entire community. Is there anything stopping all of Australia being equal to each other in every state with transport and accessibility? In regards to that, each state is obviously responsible for their own public transport systems. You've got barriers here and there in every state. Uh, yes, yeah, so some of it's poorly resourced. No state was 100% compliant in meeting the standards by the end of last year. So, And they had 20 years to actually achieve those standards and not one state satisfied all of the uh, standards. So oh, wow. we have a long way to go. Hopefully the modernisation process is part of that because we all aim to be able to catch public transport more conveniently, have information systems that provide accessible for all, better wayfinding, those type of issues. And the compliance... It's not very transparent at the moment. We're not 100% sure if all the standards and the reporting is consistent state by state. They might use different methodologies or interpretations. So, yeah, we would like to see probably an independent body do independent audits and make those transparent and the reasons why, say, stakeholders aren't complying and then put them on time frames to make them comply. Yeah, I guess we're compared to other countries. Uh, Australia is a bit behind in its transport. Speaking of policy, how did it feel when transport was made a policy priority of Australia's disability strategy? And give us an insight into how it is being implemented. It's significant because it's part of an effective, inclusive community, public transport. It's also integral to housing and service provision. So federal government, it's all, all levels of government have a role to play, so federal, state and local. So it's a whole-of-government approach, but every department needs to take responsibility for it. It's not siphoned off to, say, just the disability minister or department. Every level of government and every department has a role to play. It's not just government, it's also the service providers. They should be held accountable as well, and they just need to provide commitments, and not just commitments through budgets, but also facilitating better services for all. Very important, of course, of course. Uh, Richard, do you think it will be a good idea to have people with a with disability in a committee themselves testing the actual the transport network, reporting things 
where that can be improved. Well, ideally, we'd like to see some kind of co-design consultation with people with disability when um, yeah, public transport systems are looking for improvements. Consult with us. Don't come to us after they've implemented something and say, oh, look what we've done and bailed miserably on providing a service because they've forgotten a certain sector. Talk to us help, and we can help with the design. I don't think we will uh, put up too many barriers. Personal disabilities can usually provide good solutions to what people perceive as insurmountable problems. Because um, what, they, what they think works doesn't usually work. Um, yeah, or there's flaws in it. So and I'm not saying everything's going to work straight away. It is a bit of a journey sometimes. Don't ignore it. The disability sector, once you can provide for the disability sector, you're usually going to provide for everybody in the community. It's going to have benefits for everybody, and usually the benefits are long-term, so you don't have to keep reinventing a wheel. There is a lot of work to be done. And look, uh, when we look at like uh, our great mentors like John Bruce Roxon and also Graham Mins, we are doing great work uh, leading, uh, I guess, um, disability inclusion. And so are there lessons that can be learned from people like them about challenging the access barriers for people with disabilities to have equal access to public transport? I think uh, people like Graham and John have been probably groundbreaking. Advocacy plays a very big role in shaping ideas. If, you know, people have one think it's just going to impact them, it's usually impacting somebody else as well. You just have to take a look on social media sometimes that whilst you People might think their issues have been ignored. There will be people in government or departments looking at what's being said if it's got a big enough following and it will get brought up. Advocacy uh, plays a very strong role in shaping future decisions or bringing about an issue that people haven't thought about. Graham in particular is very strong with some of his thoughts and he was actually able, privileged I suppose, to take legal action in some issue cases that's brought about change. Good advocacy can bring change. It might not happen straight away, but it can bring change in people along with you. It will happen over time, man. Slowly get there. So you advise people to be stubborn and keep going for it if your change doesn't happen? Yeah. If your issues are, you know, with not getting equal service or access because you're disabled, then, yeah, fight. Stick up for your rights. We have right to public transport. We have rights to health and employment. So stand up. We have rights to be equal. Exactly. But I don't think it's about being stubborn. Rather, uh, using our voice, you know, to make change, to create change for services that are accessible to everyone. Very important. Richard, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience? So any final thoughts? I suppose I haven't touched on. So United's been around for probably about three to four years. Runs under the auspices of the Australian Federation of Disabled Organisations. So we've got some, obviously, some peak bodies that are on the NITAM. We make quarterly. And currently we're just beginning to look at the aviation green paper. So And that has a section on disability and how the aviation sector could improve. And we all know that aviation flying creates many issues for people with disability. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of there that we focus on, yeah, I suppose, national transport issues that we can hopefully influence and create change for. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Any topics in the future you want us to discuss on 
Krupja. Uh, wheelchair accessible taxis across the country is a bit of a problem. Again, each state runs that program slightly differently. Fundamentally, I think there's fleet issues, enforcement issues, and it comes back again to that compliance. Whatever laws that they have need to be enforceable and then make travelling attractive. Remove barriers. Don't put barriers in front of us. We should be beyond having to wait two to three hours for a taxi to come. You know what? That, that was well said. I guess people are sick and tired of waiting a couple of hours just for a taxi to come. It's something that we need to continue the conversations. Uh, for the audience out there, uh, continue these conversations. We need to make them more accessible for everyone in the community. Thank you very much, Richard, for being on the show um, and you know sharing your insights on uh, accessible uh, taxis at Dreadsville. It was such an honour to have you on the show. And feel free to always uh, join into the group chat and have these conversations. It's good to continue these conversations. You'll be watching group chat, your weekly podcast on everything disability. Join us next time as we talk about all things disability. Goodbye for now. Cool. Thank you for that.